Welcome to Top Lines and Tales, your weekly livestock podcast. And as always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Harborough, with their continued support for this program. Welcome to another episode of Top Lines and Tales, your weekly livestock podcast. And this week I've got with me a, a sheep shearer, a, a farmer as well, and a YouTube blogger, and I'd call an internet sensation all round uh, good guy, Cammy Wilson. Cammy, welcome to the podcast. Uh, very kind of you, and that was quite an introduction there. Uh, you were you're a bit spot on. To you went to the all round good guy, but <laughs> <laughs> well, most people will be uh, no. used. To, most people will be used to seeing you on on uh, on the TV there, on the screen anyway there with the cameras. But uh, I run a podcast because I'm not as good looking as you, Cammy. So uh, I've got a face made for radio there. So uh, we're we're, we're uh, we, you don't need to get your your shirt and tie on today for and brush your hair for this episode. You certainly have a way with words, that's for sure, from from what I've been hearing, uh, listening to you, you've got a way with words, and questions as well, which is interesting, so we'll see how we go here. Well, we find a few questions, I'm doing a little bit of digging on you, Cammy, but uh, like a lot of other people, I do listen in to, 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 to a lot of your shows and uh, and, and really enjoy them. And, um, let's just start at the beginning, really, Where, where's home, where are you based these days? Right now, I am now based at... Uh, in our a rented farmhouse at Springside, which is just outside Kilmarnock. Yeah. Uh, I believe it's, not, not it's a great claim to fame for it, maybe, but I believe it's the birthplace of Nicola Sturgeon. I'm not sure if that's true or not. But <laughs> she's certainly somewhere about North I can edit that North one if you want to, Cammy. That's a neutral statement. I'm just saying that I believe that's, uh, that's she, what Springside is famous for, that she, and being she, quite rough. She's not born in your house, you're not saying, no, no, just, just in the neighbourhood. No. <laughs> No, no, not in here, I don't think. Okay, but you're from Ayrshire, aren't you, originally, and uh, a farming background, I think, uh, Cammy? Yes, uh, my father was a shepherd, so I've uh, I've worked, basically worked with sheep all my, all my days, as, as farmers and shepherds' sons do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, from a very early age, we're out working with the sheep, and quite fortunate that where most of my sheep are now is, is the same farm that my father used to work on. So, um, okay. yeah, but it's, it's, it's stayed, a good setup. Stayed local, and then... I don't know whether it was voices in your head or something. Just one day you decided to be a policeman. Was that right? What happened there? Yeah, so it was that kind of old thing. I suppose I was probably the tail end of the generation. I certainly think I was the tail end of the generation where you're maybe even pushed away from farming a bit. Certainly, in my situation it was it was a no brainer really because my father was just just a shepherd. If I, if I use that phrase, he only had you know he was just working for the farmer. So there's no farm for me to walk into, um, or take over. You know, really, well, not even a position there really to work. So either I go away and work in other farms, or I get my own job. And he he did a fairly hard life, like a a lot, very much like an old fashioned shepherd. You know, done a lot of. Uh, a lot of walking, a lot of hard work in his day, and you know he did a lot of aches and pains, and worked a lot of hours, and very little pension probably ahead of him. He never made it that far right enough, which uh, so he didn't need to worry about the pension. But he was always pushing me, you know, find yourself a good job, you know, you get time off, you make good money, and you you get a good pension, um, and try and do things like that. He was always very much. You don't really want to be getting into this kind Some, of line of work. Something we all we all encourage our kids. They don't get into this work. Make enough money you can farm. You can farm for a bit of fun. But it's uh, but uh, hey, you can take the man out the farm, but you can't take the farmer out the man, can you? And uh, obviously, it's stuck with you. Yeah, oh, hundred percent. It's it's just one of those. You know, don't be wrong. Not everyone's the same. But for me, growing up, I, I was it was very much the stereotypical situation. That and it, to be fair, it's not something I talk about much on any platform. But I, it was a very much a stereotypical situation of where 
you know, my dad was my hero. I was out whenever I was out working him. That was like the best times. You know, uh, I just loved everything working with him, working with sheep. Thought you know he knew everything, um, and and just great experiences and great memories. And there's definitely a bit of nostalgia. The the whole thing with me getting sheep. So I was in the police. Supposed to just cut right to it. I was in the police at eighteen, straight out of school. Um, again, uh, I quite often I play the the poor shepherd son card quite a lot uh, when when I'm speaking at things and that. And I always use a reference that that we were so poor that at Christmas time, my mum used to cut a hole in my pocket just to give me something to play with. <laughs> but, best best present I ever got though. I've had a hole in my pocket ever since. The secret policeman's but, so, ball. Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I I use that one quite a lot. But yeah, so. Very much a case of if I was going to, I had a, a offer, a conditional offer for Harriet Watt to go and do actuarial maths. It was maybe actuarial maths and statistics, to be an actuary, basically. Okay. Um, and I went to the open day and I spoke to somebody and he was telling me about his student loans and his debts and the costs of staying in Edinburgh and that when he finished his six years, the only real places to get jobs in Scotland were either in Edinburgh or you moved down south. And I was like, mm, nah, I thought that was for me, but maybe not. And at that time, the SNP had come in. And they were all, you know, we, your country needs you. We're get, we need a thousand new police officers. And the advertisement was everywhere. And I literally, I just seen it one day. It says, oh, that might do. And stuck an application in before I know it was in the police. So fast fast forward to, that was when I was 18. Fast forward to I'm 25. And um, somewhere in between there, I'd learned to shear sheep uh, and start making us an extra pound at that. And maybe getting more networking within the sort of farming world off the back of that. And at 25, my father died suddenly with cancer. It was one of these kind of you've got you've got two months to go type thing, oh, um, and and they were pretty accurate. So he was 59. These these things happen. I'm always very positive about it in terms of the fact that, you know, I, I think I'm luckier than everybody else because I had uh, I had 25 years with that guy, whereas nobody else had 25 years with him. Like so, I always put you know that's the way I look at it. I like I'm I'm luckier than everyone else because I had that time. Um, so. It was definitely a sort of grief thing at the time. Uh, you know, when I look back on it, you know, struggling to sleep and just having a bad time of it. And I thought, well, I'm not going to work with sheep now because my dad's not about. Like, how do we remedy that? Well, let's buy some. So I went to Stirling and I bought four. Well, this is a terrible mistake. Uh, I bought four tech, pure Texel gimmers. Oh, yeah. so, so I, I learned my lesson quick with that uh, that uh, that job. But bought them, started in the garden, and uh, from there it's just spiraled. Okay. Crazily, yeah, I mean, crazy, crazy it is. I mean, we'll talk about the figures where you've got to just now, but I mean, that's that's a great story that you turn positivity out of out of what is an adversity, and that's you know, that's a great story for a lot of other people. And again, I know you do the same as I do. We try and do a bit for the farmers and mental health and all those sort of things. But to know you've had that grounding in there, just uh, it does a, l- a little bit of a kudos to it. And you said you went uh, shearing, and I think you did competition shearing as well as some demonstrations and things when you first got started, didn't you? Get you, know, you were not just shearing, but you were you were given it. A good go oh yeah like for me i've always been very competitive i played rugby i, I used to do a bit of rowing i did a bit of the old crossfit stuff at the gym and it, just anything a bit of running anything competitive I, I loved it and when i first got into the shearing i went out my first day you you maybe know i i, I should do a wee shout out here because i got a text and i sent it to you i got a text uh, chastising me a bit for for letting you down the other day from john andrew yeah. Um, I the sh- the Charlie breeder at Rounson, so I shout out to John there. He'll love that. So <laughs> um, yeah, I started. I, I did a course with John, and I says to him, "Listen, if there's work going, um, if you could pass my number, I knew his brother James was still fairly busy with it at that point. I says, if you pass your number on to James, and 
little did I know at that time that James is usually desperate for an extra shearer. I thought when he phoned me, I was getting a lucky break. I was like, I can't believe it. He's actually phoned. <laughs> uh, but actually, he was just uh, desperate for someone. So um, I went the, the, the hardest days of my life, certainly. I always say that. And I, I do always say to folk, if you, come th- if you can come through learning to shear sheep and come out the other side and still love it, then most other things you come up against in life will be easier than that. So it's it's a good uh, it's a good thing to have behind you. Just whenever you're having a dark day or things are bad, just think back to those uh, sandy hill blackies and uh, twenty odd degree heat, and they're kicking the life out of you. And the guy next to you is doing three sheep to your one. Just think back to those days. <laughs> you still do. We'll go on to, to you still share at the moment. We'll go on to that in a second. But we'll probably come on to what people know you for, which is Cam uh, is the name and sheep's the game, the sheep game, and uh, a YouTube channel and. I've got to ask, how the fuck did that start? I mean, you know, where did you suddenly... What suddenly made you think that people are going to want to see sheep on television? It's just like, who wants to see a sheep on the TV? And on you end. Oh, totally. It, it, it was very unique on YouTube. I was very lucky. On YouTube, it's such a saturated um, platform with, with everything, you know, like there's probably a million fitness uh, vloggers and, you know, a million travel vloggers on there. But strangely, at the time, there was only really there was a, a girl in Canada called Sandy Brock, who who's who's massive, who did sheep, but in a very more sort of intensive uh, system. There was nobody really doing sheep farming. Just mm-hmm. like there's loads of dairy, loads of track, big track, fancy tractors, but nobody really doing sheep farming. And I used to have a lot of crack on the Snapchat uh, as 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 young youngsters do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I found great about the Snapchat and just talking about mental health and that. I, I, the crazy thing is, despite it being a big part of, of my income now, uh, I actually find social media, mainly Facebook and Instagram, very negative things mm-hmm. because people just post all the good stuff. So, you know, Christmas time especially is the worst. Like, you know, it's a, what folk don't realise, and I, I, it, was, it wasn't until I was in the police really that I realised this, that actually for most people, Christmas is an extremely depressing time. Off the back of things like losing loved ones or whatever, it all just gets hammered home at Christmas time. So we used to have our most most suicides and deaths. You know, if we were working day shift on Christmas Day, because I, I was CID towards the end, you began to two or three suicides uh, when you come in in the morning, um, and that was your Christmas Day every year. And, and so it really hit home for me how how negative a time Christmas was and how negative social media can be because it piles on these folk when they're having a hard time and they see all this fake stuff like, you know, the person away in their fancy holiday to Barbados, it looks amazing, how can they afford that? But what they don't realise is the £8,000 that's on a credit card to make it work that that then gets three years to get paid off. So I found Snapchat was great because you put all the disasters on Snapchat. So so you you go out, you know, your bell text top's lying on its back, dude. You'd put it on Snapchat and send it to the boys and go, great start. To, how's your day going? And, and you know, you'd open these Snapchats and go, that makes, it's, not, it's not right, but you'd open them and go, oh, well, that makes me feel better about this. Like, He's having a worse day than me. <laughs> and, and you'd almost make each other feel better by how bad your day was. Um, and like things you'd never you'd never put on Facebook or Instagram. That's, that's very true, and, isn't and it? And I, I never really consider, I have considered the fact how negative from, uh, certainly Facebook I use a lot of because you're right and also in, in, in these channels that you only associate with people who think the same way as you so I mean it becomes the whole social media is becoming a, a, a division isn't it really where I mean it's, it's sort of us against them and it's a, the vegan argument but if anybody becomes 
you know, goes on your on your chat and says something about you know, you're vegan, you just like shut them off. So everybody's t- t- preaching to the converted all the time. So I understand that, but I hadn't really thought about the fact that we only put stuff. Yeah, I must admit I don't go on there and go shit. My, my dog's died today. <laughs> well, maybe you do, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear what you're yeah. saying. Uh, uh, no. I don't know, there's plenty of people going it for a rant, right enough, but uh, no, I just find like scrolling through, it's all it's all the cream that people put on it and, and you don't see everything else that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um and, and if you saturate yourself with going through that stuff, it, it can weigh you down if you're if you're having maybe some some issues anyway. But with the Snapchat, as I say, it was great crack and I used to always when things were going wrong, I'd always finish it with going, That's a sheep game for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and one day somebody says to me, You should go on YouTube. There's this young lad, Tom Pemberton, who's who's making a fortune off YouTube. Uh, you should go and have a look at him. So I'd never heard him at that time. I, fl- I put a video up and it was uh, mucking out calf pens. And I'm sitting watching this video and, and I'm about seven minutes in. And I I, I don't like cows. I've, I'm not really interested in cows. I mean, I appreciate, you know, a bit of beef, but I'm, I'm not interested in working with cows or that. Okay. And I'm about seven or eight minutes into this video of this boy mucking out calf pens. And it just sort of dawns on me like, what am I watching here? I'm like this, like I, like I'm almost kind of hooked in this, like just his personality and the way he did it. I'm like, I'm sitting watching a guy muck out dairy calf pens here. It's like, what, what is happening here? And I thought, you know, this guy's good. It's like if I could, if I could have a go at something like that, but do it for sheep, I wonder if it would be as popular. And yeah, we just we we grab my mobile phone with my buzz cut. If anybody's um, wants a laugh, you could go back to my first video on on YouTube and I. I wandered around very much like this, and I said, "These are my sheep I've here." Seen and it. Today I've seen it. I watched it yesterday. Die. It's like you trying to go through the gate carrying a bag of sheep feed. You're on the third go because you can see the bloody feed it all fell out the bag. And I'm thinking, how did he get from that's there? Aye, that's it, exactly. So, uh, and and the number one rule for for YouTube and, and these social media, like if I get asked a lot, you know, about starting out some advice, the number one rule is just get started. Yeah. Just pick up the phone, yeah. make a video, post it. Nobody will watch it. Because to, you know, when you first get started on YouTube, nobody's watching. You know, it, it took me, it took me fourteen months to get a thousand subscribers. Right. Um, whereas you know, a lot of people now are building up followings on Facebook and TikTok and these things, and they're just jumping to a thousand really fast but it took 14 months of grinding to get that first thousand and that, that is how i mean i know as, as, as an author as well i mean as well as my podcast i write books and i've written 45 books now and sometimes you write a book Some and man. you spent a year writing it thinking it's fantastic and the first two months you look and it's like sold 27 copies you think well what is the point you know and it's quite hard to keep yourself motivated and it must have been the same then for you then when you think at some stage you could think well is anybody gonna actually watch these things Oh, oh, totally, totally, and that is why so many people fall away. You, you know, there's, there's, there's very few people. There's loads of people who will start it, start a channel, start making videos, and then they'll, they'll fall away from it because, well, the amount of hours you need to put into editing to make your videos kind of half polished, for, for, for no return back initially. But you do have to go. You've got to think about the, the long term um, opportunities that's there. I was going to mention. You've got, to, you've got to enjoy it as well. Of course, and, and that comes over if you're not enjoy. Even when you're writing a book, if you don't enjoy, if you enjoy writing it, somebody will enjoy yeah. reading it. I always had that philosophy. But I mean, the editing you mentioned. We'll maybe go on to that in a second because obviously I edit the, the, the podcast down, but it's a lot easier. Editing video is, is hard work. I've done some of it, but let's just go on to to what you have achieved and and uh, YouTube uh, channel now. I believe two hundred and sixty seven thousand subscribers. Is that right? Yeah, that's. I'm a. It's. It does sound. It does sounds amazing. It is. Um, and it, it is. And I'm. I'm, very, I'm yeah. Well. Yeah. It, it, do you know the only thing I'll caveat it with? I'm very realistic about this. Is that YouTube has. I'm not gonna say sold its soul a little bit, but it has. It's. It's went down the route of TikTok. 
Now, like TikTok, it's easy to get a million followers on TikTok. Are fairly easy. Like it, it's not such a an amazing achievement, but to do, or let's say a hundred thousand, for example, on TikTok, really easy. But to do it on YouTube used to be a graft. You know, it used to be real hard work. But now YouTube do the short sixty second videos the same as TikTok. So I was shearing one day at a farm in the borders, and. I handed my phone to the, the farmer's uh, uh, good wife who was helping with the bull and it was the last sheep of the day. We'd done 300 odd that day or whatever and I was pulling out my last one. I said, can you just film this sheep for me? And it was just a, it was a tick mop blackie uh, on a shooting estate. Took the wool off it. No more wrong, it? It was, they were nice shearing sheep. That's where I took the video, uh, you know, 59, 58 seconds or whatever. So it fitted perfect in that mm -hmm. thing. So no editing. I just said, sheep 339 for the day. Uh, oh no, the title was, it was a sexier title than that. I said, uh, Gone in 60 seconds, I think I, I titled it. And I stuck it on YouTube Shorts, and it's done something like 105 million views. And of my 260-odd thousand subscribers, about 150,000 of them are off that video. Really? So okay. so it's really kind of skewed the figures. I'm probably near 100,000 true subscribers, and th this other batch are just wanting to see short sharing videos, okay. if you know what I mean. Yeah, I was going to go on to that. I mean, obviously, I run a run a podcast. We've got 40 minutes and you know, for folks to, to doze off. I mean, sometimes people say the 40 minutes keeps them entertained while they're going around the sheep or driving a tractor or driving somewhere and other people. Well, I think 40 minutes is kind of a maximum um, span for yeah, I can hear I can hear Di Clark snoring in the background already. We've only got to ten, we've only got to ten, <laughs> ten minutes. I saw you had Di on. I've not got to that one yet. I saw you had Di and, and uh, we James Nisbet as well. He messaged me actually right. here on a podcast with Andy. So, so going back to so that that the short, very short videos. Then yes, you're right. People will watch a lot of people will watch that because it doesn't take much of their time. Whereas if you watch something for more than three or four minutes, it generally is something that you're interested in, isn't it? Uh, but uh, yeah. let, let's just go back to the sheep share in a second, uh, Cammy. There, you said you, know, you sheared a sheep there in 60 seconds, and you made like a. I mean, you're an expert. Did you? I think I saw you sheared 500 sheep in a day or close to or something. I mean, I don't know what the world record is, but you're 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 an expert expert shearer. Oh. I, I, I'm sure, uh, I think I've done 470 odd in a day, I've never actually uh, done a 500 okay. yet, we, we might get it this year, mm. but um, no, it's, it's. I think the record's 700, 700 odd, that's uh, different, <laughs> different, uh, different gravy, that uh, Big, Matt, Big Matt Smith down there uh -huh. uh, in Devon, but uh, no, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm very pleased, this, this has been amazing, Sheeran is, you know, if folk were to ask me what's your goals for next year, like, the first thing that comes into my head is Sheeran. Mm, okay. You know, and like, I want to make that Scotland team at some point. Okay, okay, that's I, that, I that's think a I, good ambition. World I, championships coming up next yeah, year, is it? It's, it's this year, yeah. yeah so you know, we've got. A, you know, I've, I'm. I shouldn't really say I don't want to jinx it, but I'm fairly confident that Scotland's going to have a world champion uh, by the by the end of this year. Okay. And you know, we have Scottish Sheeran. So this will be my first year moving up into the Open. Uh, won the senior circuit last year. We're now into the Open grade, which is the top grade of Sheeran. Um, for for the UK, well, around the world, New Zealand's the same kind of system, and so now we're up with the big boys. It's a massive jump because you go from being in a, a pool of guys that have never won the senior circuit, so they've never won that circuit. You're all in the kind of even playing field. To now I jump into a pool where I'll go to the Highland Show and be up against ten guys that could all be in and about that World Championship final. Okay, you know there'll, there'll, be, there'll be fifty in the whole thing, but te you know probably be ten of them that are like world class. So you're you're now jumping up from. You know, sharing with the boys to and and with like world class giants. Yeah. You know, like your Hamish Mitchell's, uh, Callum Shaw, Gavin Much, Matt Smith, Roland Smith. These 
monsters by Ivan Scott, these absolute monsters of the sheer world, and you're just it's quite a unique thing with sheer though. Like you know, that you could turn up at these shows. Like I remember the first time I showed next to Hamish Mitchell, like I was just like a wee starstruck. Like it was in the Scottish National when I was an intermediate, you could sheer up into the, the national as an intermediate and my heat gets called out and I'm I'm sheer next to Hamish Mitchell and I was buzzing. I'm like get make sure and get a photo of me with the names next to yeah. each other on that. <laughs> Yeah, it's quite rare in sport to do that. Well, it, it, it won't be long before you want to photograph with, next to you. that will be handing him the camera, or maybe the, this time round. But didn't you make a a demo of sort of how to shear demo? Have you done some of that work to help other people how to shear? I mean, demonstrations on, on yeah, the, I mean, the sheep game. Yeah, we do a lot of shearing videos, and I, I do some shows. We go to some shows and do some shearing demos that the public absolutely love shearing. It's one of those things. If you've never seen a sheep sheared and you're at one of these shows, you don't just wander by and go, "Oh, there's a guy shearing a sheep." No. You go. <gasps> It's like I see on the sheep, and you come, you, you walk over and watch it because it's it's such a like nobody really thinks about where they. I mean, most of them probably have a clue that's what happens, but nobody will ever have seen it up close. Sure. Um, so it draws a massive crowd. I did, at the Highland, I was at the Highland show this year. My wife and I had a few sheep there, and um, just remember going down and just going down to see die. And I think um, Andrew Goldie was was commentating with me because they do the commentary there. And Andrew went down. He said he's going to do some commentary on the on the, on the sheep shear. So I went down and have a look. And uh, those guys make it it's so exciting, and it really is. I mean, you see the crowd; they're all just up out the seats and and giving it loudly. It's like watching Strictly Come Dancing or something. They get they get really hyped up about it, don't they? Oh, it's fascinating, and it's going to be it's going to be mental this year. I'm 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 a wee bit worried about how it's all going to work. If I'm honest, I just I just think that the shearing is so. I mean, even the juniors, which is the, the bottom grade, uh, where they just shear two sheep in the heats, even that's mobbed with people wanting to watch. So with the, having the world championships, it, it's just going to be insane. Like I just wonder. It's already quite a busy week. You know yourself, it's a busy spot down there. Uh-huh. I just wonder how the logistics will work out, but I, I believe in them. I believe in them. Well, and you have your own your own stand, and we'll go to that as well in a second with these sort of merchandise and that. You have your own stand at the uh, at the show, and hey, you'll be busy with that and, and your and your videos and, and the shearing and everything. Else. Just stick with the shearing. One more thing, though. I, I said I got a few sheep. I got some Rylands, and uh, you can Beautiful. shear them if you want to, but they're not much fun to shear. I don't think. Are they? Not like those bare ass texels anyway that you talk about when all the wool falls off the bloody thing. What's the what's the word? No, you'd need a few more than sixty seconds for our island that's for sure what's the worst sheep you want you, you've had a go at then you, i've seen some videos you just shearing monster tups and various things what's the worst sheep oh the, yeah those those valley black nose hands down oh really um, and I th- to, to be fair i think most people that shear them say, say the same thing they just when, when you pull them out various reasons i mean they have wool everywhere right down in between their toes <laughs> um you know all around the legs right into the head and behind the horns they just go limp on you as well so it's pretty sore on your back usually a sheep's quite yeah you know, she's got a wee bit of, uh, she's a wee bit rigid and you can sort of lean into her at certain points of the shear and, and help ease your back these sheep just lie like like total petted like in the huff mm. and, and give you nothing back the other issue is they're very expensive and, <laughs> and the wolves are the final issue. <laughs> yeah well yeah and the, the final problem is and you know it is what it is but most people that own them generally speaking aren't farmers so you can, you can say what you like. They're all listening. But you can say what you like. It's your floor. You carry I, on. I'm not going to say. Well, anything. yeah, no. I, I know Raymond's been on here, but Raymond's a different man altogether. Right. I know Raymond's here. That totally diff- been on here. That's a different thing altogether. But I, like most that have got a wee handful, two or three or whatever, admit like that, yeah. they'll stand over you, absolutely terrified. Mm. Uh, and then like, don't be wrong. I don't worry too much about it these days. Mm. But like, if you weren't an experienced shearer, the, the, the you know the, the 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 man or lady standing over top of you 
panicking about her sheep. It just adds stress to the whole situation, <laughs> makes it even worse. It and then some of them have got no bloody no, no meat on them either. I remember picking a couple up. The Welsh show, we were down there and just going to see because Raymond was judging down there. And, and a couple of you lambs, and you could pick one up in each hand. They weighed about bloody 10 kilos a piece of no meat on them either. And that's even harder. You need a fat sheep, don't you, to shear them. That's what you want is a bit of, bit of flesh on them. That's it, they don't sit as comfy if, if they're lean. And again, it is quite a problem you see with, not I suppose not just valleys, but valleys hide it well. So these people you know that, that are buying them for pets don't actually realise how much work's involved in sheep no, no. and keeping them right and looking after their feet and you know keeping condition on them. Because you know, sometimes I'd go to ones and shear them and you think, this is skin and bones, but because they've been off fluffy with wool, they think they're, they're huge. They get a bit um, of a surprise when when the fleece comes off and they've got a bloody something a hat rack stand standing there. Yeah. Aye, aye, and you, you say when did the last get a fluke dose? And they say what's a fluke dose? <laughs> <laughs> aye, aye, aye. aye. Oh, well, those people do. Be fair, they they keep the wheels turning in the industry. We can't uh, we can't knock it. Listen, and I, all I don't want to take the piss out of, out of yeah. people at the end of the day. Everybody keeps asking for different reasons, and and, uh, and they are all good for the industry that they bring the money outside money into into the well, me too, me included. No, hundred percent. I've got six railings, so I'm hardly big. I've got I've got a few more Sherrillies as well. We've got six Sherrillies, so it's hardly hardly the big sheep farmer here, so I can't say too much, but I have been breeding sheep like you've I've been in the sh- involved in sheep and so has a band. So. And and g- going on to the sheep game, a lot of this, it, it's, it is short videos though compared to, to the podcast. So you normally run with what, five or six minute videos, unless it's a, a special one, is it, or, or, or longer than that? Uh, mix it up. I, I generally want to try and keep them about 10 minutes now, because I do think people's tastes are changing that they like a bit shorter it, it depends you know if, if there's merit in it like the chance video maybe a wee bit longer if there's merit in keeping it longer we'll do that but generally speaking we try and keep it quite short and snappy it's just the way that you know some folk will you'll get comments complaining saying oh, i'd love to watch just the whole thing as it happens and stuff but then there's a lot of people just lose interest if it runs on too long well as you said mixing, so it, I up, find mixing just, it up yeah that makes a difference then. yeah keeping a decent pace but showing enough um, you know, people just generally just want to see what you're what you're up to, you know. And like, I, you know, I'm that kind of way as well. I like to just watch farming's what we love, so we just put farm all day, then watch videos of someone else farming. <laughs> you're right, but you do the commentary on that sometimes. Obviously, if you're you're direct to camera, and again, this is something people probably wouldn't have thought about. But if you're working direct to camera, you'll just literally shoot from the hip and 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 blather away as as you go along. Whereas other times, you'll take the take the I assume anyway you'll take the video and then you'll put the over you'll overdub the script on it afterwards. I mean, how how does that work for you when you're shooting from the hip? It must be technically difficult. Yeah, I ramble a lot of nonsense a lot of time. There's a lot of cutting that goes on, cut, cut, cut. Uh, but the the voiceovers a great tool because you can explain things. You can show the images. The problem with the vlogging type is quite often, depending on the mic you're using or whatever, you need to be looking at the camera. Yeah and speaking but then if you look at the camera all the people see is you so i do try and make it more of show footage and then cut over it with some voiceover because it's far better very much like well you'll know the hoof gp you know he's he's made a fortune out of voicing over action shots and and, and generally I, sh- I should do more than that i find the voiceover quite difficult right enough because you you actually just about need to write a script for that or you end up taking a million takes to try and say what you want to say Right. Um, and, and get it right. I find it easier just to actually do it with the camera when I'm doing it. This is me. I'm, I'm going to overscript you now when you come come back. When this one goes live, I'll have rewritten all, all what I'm saying. No, I won't. But I did when I first started doing. <laughs> I did when I first started doing this. I did have a script, and I'd send people a script. So this is what I'm going to say, and they were kind of reading the script back. And the whole thing was so was so stale that you have to have the spontaneity. But that takes it takes courage and it takes experience, doesn't it? I was doing making a film last night, funnily enough, in in a, a distillery in uh, in, in Fife. 
and the guy there, real professional, and he's wandering around. We got three cameras on there. And look at this camera. Look at that camera. And you think, Chris, it gets, it gets big, big business when you get up that level. But you're, you're a one man with a camera. You, most of it yourself, Kimmy. Yeah, just about all of it. Um, there might be. I'm trying to think if there's. There's been the odd video I've had a hand, but not speaking. It's all just myself uh, that that we film with. It's the, the the vlogging thing. It's I suppose it becomes for a for a brand or that that's making a video. They have to be be sleek and professional and well done but when, when people get invested in you as such you don't have to be as 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 sleek and as professional they're just really coming to see you and what you're up to so you know and a lot of people like the rough and ready nature of it as well makes it real doesn't so, it yeah yeah definitely i mean like i just not, not that i'm trying to drop this in in any way but i had a phone call with landlord the other day just talking about the next season coming up and um they'd said that one of their favorite well they said their favorite piece of the season that I had done was one where I went up in the hills gathering Herdwicks and I actually just took the GoPro myself mm-hmm. and, and filmed a lot of it myself with the GoPro and they just loved this, a fast pace rough and ready action sort of nature of it um, and now I think they want to try and factor that into a few a few things going forward. That's brilliant. I mean, I, I was going to come on to Landwood, but you've mentioned it now. I mean, the, the two programmes that I will turn on the TV to watch would be the Landwood and, of course, This Farm and Life, and, and both of which are, are, are excellent in different ways. But, I mean, you've been quite involved in Landwood now and is there more of that coming then as you said you're out there with a GoPro rather than the whole sound crew and for them it must be cheap filming compared to shipping half a dozen guys out there with a with a with an entire helicopter full of stuff so a hundred percent yeah yeah I said they'd just be as well commissioning the sheep game yeah. uh, for a segment each week that's right uh, but no yeah I, I, th- I think it's just gonna be the odd one we're gonna try try these things and, and see how it works that they seem quite keen just to add that sort of dynamic into it just for a bit of a lot of things in the BBC, they're always thinking about bringing in a, how do you bring in the next generation of viewers and things like that. So they're all very positive. I, I'm quite, you know, I say this quite openly to a lot of folk. I'm not used to the environment as such of, of working with um, like the landlord people, the people I work with in landlord. They're all so nice. Okay. And like as a farmer and former police officer, it makes me quite uneasy because every work environment I've been, you knew people liked you by how much they slagged you off. Yeah, you know, yeah. like like we're never really we're never really nice to each other. I'm never like, oh Andy, you're such a good guy, you know that, or you're you're, you're so good at what you do, you know. You don't you just slag each other off. Uh-huh, that's very, that's um, very. Well, they're very complimentary, so I'm always like, am I going to get sacked next week? <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, you know, like oh, you're doing great stuff and all that. Like you're doing you're doing a great, and I'm always like, hmm, like <laughs> it's just sort of like if somebody in the police said that to me, it'd be full of sarcasm, but. Um, it's just genuine uh, being nice, so I, I'm just getting used to that. I, I would. I, I'm going to be a bit. Con- going to be a bit controversial and say that the BBC generally have seem to have a downer on agriculture, on livestock. Certainly in England, anyway, they seem to have a sort of tail wagging the dog. But a lot of the minority, uh, um, the minority sectors, maybe get a, a a bigger part of the show. Would I be wrong on that? I mean, is is there is there parts of the BBC that that, that love agriculture? Is the whole agricultural department in the BBC that uh, that they really want want to show us as we are, rather than as the bad guys? Well, uh, what I would say is that BBC Scotland is a different business. It's oh, it's all the BBC, but it's run as a different business okay. than uh, uh, BBC the UK so it's had uh, you know the BBC Scotland's got its own commissioner that commissions its own shows so Landlord's part of BBC Scotland it goes out in that channel first and then and then gets used in the wider BBC same this farm and life's the same okay um it's it's a BBC Scotland show I think from from speaking to them I think they are certainly BBC Scotland's very pro-farmer I think the demographic here in Scotland if you're going to appeal to certainly the majority you'd be shooting that way 
I don't think you know. I, I do often wonder, and I, I generally have no absolutely no issue. Like, there's not many things bother me at all, and, and the whole vegan thing doesn't bother me really. But I do wonder when I go into Greg's in Kilmarnock, which is a fairly working class town, how many people order a vegan sausage? I wonder. I just some days I want to just ask, how many vegan sausage rolls do you sell in Kilmarnock? Like, <laughs> can't it be many. My wife went into the one in St Andrews the other day. She went into I think it was Pizza Express. She said, "They said do you want the vegan menu or the ordinary menu?" And I thought, well, it's the wrong way around, really. But that's St Andrews. I I understand. Hey, there's, there's certain areas where obviously St Andrews there'll be that many vegans with the that the, imagine Kilmarnock. You're right. They wouldn't be selling too many of them. It's it's geographical different. We're we're treading on hot coals here. Uh, Cam, we probably need to walk away from. That. <laughs> <laughs> I take working class as an absolute compliment. By the way, that's me complimenting Kilmarnock. <laughs> and let's go on. I mentioned uh, earlier on about you you doing positive thinking, and you do some stuff for the RSAPI, of course, for the the mental health and the whole keep talking thing. And I, I've just uh, to work with Scotty Brown's done some of this, and, and and John Scott. There's a few good sort of advocates for that. We should be looking at the at the mental health thing. And you guys have just uh, down in Ayrshire, they have just raised twenty four thousand. Is that right? In 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 some dinner or something? That's uh, that's some 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 event. Yeah, I've got. Give a shout um, to to David Cooper who organised all that. Some amount of work went into it. Like it was a fantastic night, tremendous auction lots. That you know that's what that raised the money. You know you had a four ball at Royal Troon and 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 various sort of high end prizes and and you know a lot of fantastic local businesses were chipping in and digging deep to to support the cause. So yeah, that's a lot of money. To, you know that that pay a member of staff for well just about pay a member of staff for it for a year like it, it does make a big i just think it's such a fantastic thing rsabi uh-huh. and i just wonder that yeah okay it's 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 probably more awareness now and it's more visual thanks to social media and various other things but i just wonder how many you know farmers will, will sit there you know in a bad place and and, and still not pick up the phone yeah you know yeah. um yeah. It, it, it's just think myself lucky that I don't understand depression because I've never been in that spot to understand it mm-hmm. so so I can't really imagine what it's like uh, to not be able to get yourself out of rut but like I'd, I'd hope that you know anybody listening to this, this this time of year is you know this is the peak time for, for these feelings mm-hmm. give them a phone you're just talking to a, you're talking to a stranger yeah. like, what have you got to lose yeah yeah, I mean, it is, and I'd like to think you and I do our bit. I know it was somebody said you know, during COVID that when I came out with a podcast, I said, you know, you, you actually, you could be saving lives by this or people getting to somebody, a voice to listen to something mm-hmm. they're interested in or something just sort of keep them going and upbeat. And, and, and you so more than me because you've got a, you know, a hell of a lot more more people that watch you on there, but you do everything with a smile on your face. And I think that, you know, again, that uh, that does bring a lot of goodness into into the into the thing. What were you auctioning then? Did you auction a day sharing for yourself and a day scanning? <laughs> you in, were you doing the uh, selling? Were you the auction? Auctioneer, I can imagine you auctioneering. No, Drew Drew Kennedy Air did the okay. selling actually, he did very well. Um I, I auctioned off what did we, we auctioned off we've got a new sort of embroidery business that we're doing now off the back of the sheep game. So I auctioned off a a list of workwear stuff. So that went for nine hundred quid, which is very good. Shout to T H Jenkinson for buying that one. So okay. we'll uh we'll, we'll 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 do a bit with them. But yeah, this is just another crazy thing that's came off the back of the Let's, social media. Let's just go into that a little bit because I was going to talk to you before Christmas, and as I said earlier on, you had the you have the stand at the at the Highland Show, and and uh, you're selling your merchandise and just a shearing vest now. And hey, if you're not if you're not shearing, wearing a sheep game shearing vest, you're just not dressed right. Is it? <laughs> you really have started you started yeah. a fashion that I'm sure you never never saw coming around the corner, and I think that's doing well for you. Oh, that is the biggest part of our business now, right. by 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 miles. We we now 
Oh, it's been, honestly, Christmas was insane. Um, I could never have imagined it going the way it's, it's went. And I, I I take that as the people, you know, the farming community and stuff there, we are showing support. Don't be wrong, I, I stand by, the, I think the stuff we sell, you know, I try and make sure it's all good stuff. And, and like, I mean, I wear it every day. Mm. Um, and it's all reasonably priced compared to other people doing something similar. But, like, I see it as them supporting me and saying, you know what, you and Lizzie and, and the families are doing, you know, good on you we'll support you, we'll buy this jumper or, or buy this piece of merchandise and, and I do appreciate it and yeah, I mean we've now got a guy employed full time um, okay. and, and two part time staff to run this this offshoot of it which is now this embroidery business okay. um, yeah. doing other people's stuff uh, as well the sheep game is sort of the base order to, to pay the wages and then there's the scope there to grow it and that's what this this new guy's in for okay well i mean i know that i was involved in that when i i, I ran a livestock supplies business bloody i would say before you're born can we but we're not quite but certainly a long time ago and we used to get embroidered we started bringing in embroidered jackets and show show grooming stuff and that and that was sort of the start of it going back a long time but what i used to have a guy who did the embroidery for us and uh um, he was fairly hefty on the charging and then he said, do you realise how much these machines actually cost? And I didn't. And uh, if you've bought one of those and put it in, in yourself, then that's a big investment. Yeah, you, you can blame or blame rural finance for that one. I had uh, I had issues with supply. Basically, we were selling so much stuff last Christmas, not the Christmas there, but the Christmas before. We were selling so much stuff that the people we were getting our embroidered stuff from just couldn't keep up. Uh-huh. And the waiting times were huge and we were just missing a lot of opportunity. So uh, I phoned up. I phoned up a company that sells embroidery machines down in England, and they had a, a big six header machine. It does six things at a time. Second hand, it was twenty five thousand pounds. I didn't have twenty five thousand pounds, so I thought let's phone Rural Finance. So uh, good old Dan Anderson over there that uh, Rural Finance sorted me out with the. Uh, with the finance for it, and next thing, this thing was arriving, and we got a, a unit rented out over at uh, Stewarton, and, and we work out of there now, and we've just uh, signed a, a lease for a, a second unit right next to it now. Well, okay. Um, to, to, and that side of things. Brilliant. Well, is, that, that's yeah, fantastic story. As I said, a, a spin-off, really, that you probably didn't see coming around the corner. It used to be um, Horner. Horner, oh, Horner, yeah, of course, Wally Horner. Everybody Aye. wore a Horner, Wally Horner. A, a, yeah, yeah. a Horner vest, and now everybody wears a sheep game vest. I mean, you, you, you've done that. Yeah, and that well. that's brought you success, and that's fantastic. But you will make money. Again, I'm not going to ask you figures, but you'll make money off your more than I do off my podcast. You'll make money off your uh, off your YouTube channel as well. I think there is a, a revenue stream comes out of that, doesn't? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I never mind. I, honestly, I don't mind talking. For, I always found that was one of the difficult things when I was coming into farm is nobody would talk figures with you. Every look, like the the farmer would pull up and he's a uh, thirty thousand pound pickup, lean at the window and going, "What you want to get into farming for? There's no money in it," and then drive off. And it's like, ah, oh, it looks that way. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody, it's like I always made a joke John when things were bad there um, when the feed prices and stuff were all gone up uh, I, I was speaking to a dairy farmer and he says to me oh Matt he says my feed bill was uh, my feed bill was X amount this month say my feed bill was £5,000 this week I said, oh, what was your milk check? Oh, that's not the point. That's not the point. It's like, well, don't tell me the feed bill and don't tell me the milk check. Um, so, no, I don't mind the figures. I I'll, I think this last year on YouTube, I'm actually going to make a video. I have a wee other thing that I do videos on and I might make a video for that. But I think YouTube won't be as crazy as folk think. I think it'll be somewhere in the region of £15,000, maybe slightly more. I would need to sit down and look at it. But somewhere between fifteen and £20,000. Okay. 
um, from YouTube. Which sounds sounds fantastic. Um, it is fantastic. Hey, hey, you don't have, I have a main sponsor, Harbro. Thank you, Harbro, for your sponsorship. And, uh, and uh, no, you're not Nick and I'm coming. Um, they, you don't have a no, main... No, no, well done, Harbro. <laughs> you don't have a main, uh, a main sponsor there. That all comes directly from advertising, them putting adverts in, in the middle of that. But hey, that... 15 grand sounds fantastic, but it's like somebody saying I earn 15 grand in farming when you do 70 hours a week. If you took it, if you took it hour by hour, you probably, it probably isn't a, probably isn't a minimum wage coming, but that's commendable. Oh, no, no. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, if you were to actually work out there, was you put in that? I would, I would, I would. it might be as, as, as the followers going, I might be getting there now that it's, it's not the same, but it's, it's quite a, you know, I will, there's, there's peaks and trogs. There's times I, I do suffer from what you probably, probably call burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm if I'm perfectly honest, I'm probably in that little lull just now a little bit. Okay. Um, we're a combination of, you know, we talked about the sheep scan there, like mm-hmm. a combination of sitting at the sheep scanner all day, cold, wet, miserable days, you know, some rough night's sleep. Not as rough as Lizzie's having it, but, you know, I still I still hear the, the new one uh, when he's shouting for a feed. Okay. So broken night's sleep, early mornings, long days scanning, coming home at night. The thought of sitting down and doing four or five hours on a video, it's like <sighs> bad enough to yeah. bad you... enough having to chat to me for guys. <laughs> no, but you know, I enjoy this crap. No, I, I honestly do enjoy these things. I do. I love. I love getting these things because it is. It's like a type of therapy as well. Like even for me, just speaking the things out loud. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I've no told. I've no said to him that I'm feeling like I've got a bit of burnout just now, and that it's you know it's pretty heavy going there. so it gets it off your chest sure. and you know you feel you feel refreshed sure. and that's good. these and, things are good good and that's good again good wise words for folks to do that as you said pick up pick up the phone and we just go back to the sheep to the sheep game you've got now sort of snazzy graphics and and uh you know and, and you put some music on there and what have you i mean there's a horrible work to do that but the sheep game is actually a brand it's, it's almost a in itself would it be a um, an asset is it saleable asset have you have you built it up into something that's uh that, that's tangible yeah, that, that's a good cause somebody was talking to me about that the other day they, they probably the issue I, I mean I think it's a yeah I think we've somehow we've struck very lucky when I first started it I thought when I, when I did the logo I think I thought every great logo is extremely simple mm-hmm. so Nike uh, Facebook it's just the word Facebook mm-hmm. all these uh, best logos I think are, are really simple so I thought was simple cartoon sheep draw a cartoon sheep and then um I did it and I thought, oh, that's just nothing. And I was like, let's make it red. I just thought, we'll make it really stand out and, and be different from anything else. I thought, we'll make it red because wh- why would you have a red sheep? It doesn't make any sense. So I thought nobody else would have a red sheep because it, you know, why Why would you? It's, it's, it's just stupid. Which is, so which is so why, we made it red. That's why you got a call from one of, one of somebody the other day because when I said on Wednesday that uh, my guest is a little bit running a bit late this week and all I put was your logo on there and everybody's been pinging you. So it's certainly working. They know, they know it is the red sheep. Oh, that's certain. Like, if you're at an auction, like, I'll not, I'm sure most people, but I would notice straight across the ring if I see that logo in somebody's chest or in a hat, I just know it's my logo. Um, just, just the way we've done it. So, no, we've got very lucky with that. Very lucky with the name. A, a lot of people will name their YouTube channel after their own name, um, which really limits you because, you know, with the sheep game, anybody that likes sheep, you don't have to like me, just anybody that likes sheep is a great option for a gift for your, you know, what do you get, the old shepherd? You, you know your father that's an old shepherd and he's miserable and doesn't want any gifts would you get him a get him a get him a sheep game bonnet you know yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> i you know so th- there's definitely an element of that there's I, I would say by the amount of merch we sell there's definitely more merch sold 
going into people that just like sheep than people who probably actually follow the sheep game but the one, religiously, the one, if you know the what one I mean. promotes the other doesn't it i mean yeah, the, people will see the sheep game as the same totally with, same with the top lines of tales i was at a i was at a distillery a, a, a book signing yesterday and i got chatting to, to someone he said he's a farmer and i said i said top, oh I, I know about top lines of tales podcast and you think well yeah it's different walks of life that people people walk into that but as you said that, yeah, that people will see that and and uh and it brings one brings you more listen it's a recursive circle really isn't it that uh, the one brings the other one in yeah, oh, totally. And you know, and as I said, I do think a big part of it is the fact that people are um, very kindly getting behind us and supporting us. I mean, we're. I, mean, I, I don't. I say it quite often. Like the goal is to to buy a farm, but you know what I was doing before when I was just I'm running. Well, I still am running sheep on rented ground. I'm never going to buy a farm doing that. Like even if I'm shearing twenty thousand sheep in a summer, it's you know the rents that I'm paying, and then your cost. You're just keeping you you know, paying your, your rent in the house and all your other expenses. Um, you, you're never going to save up enough to buy. So you need to try and multiple income streams is what I'm sure. shooting for now. And that with your scanning as well, mm. of course, you had, as you said, you do have four or five different income streams coming in, but there's only so much of you. You weigh yourself too thin, as you said, at you know, time of year when you, you do get a bit burnt out and you can, so you've got to work out where the, where the, the profit is really, and obviously that sounds like that the that the the merch side of that is the one that's that's doing doing good. Um, just kind of move on a little bit. Time's going on. There, the recent video you just did was about putting rams out onto an island by boat, which is fantastic. Achievements, I think, not blackies, which is I found interesting. But that a lot of that's filmed from the drone. Is that you as well? Is that, is that you? You fly one of those things? Yeah, so I'm messing about every camera. I'm don't get me wrong. One of the cameras was a one of the guys was holding a GoPro for a bit. I just said, here, you just switch the GoPro and say, hold that and, and do your best to get some shots. Um, but yeah, I, I do all the drone uh, flying um, as well. But I'd just like to clarify that Cheviot and Blackie thing. I maybe didn't quite work. Well, I, I did word it right, but people wouldn't pick up on the wording of what I said because I saw the North Country Cheviot page sharing it and almost as if I was saying that the Cheviot was harder than the Blackie. That's actually not the reason that they're now using Cheviots. The reason they're using Cheviots is the Cheviots don't wander uh, they don't uh, rake, we would say rake, I don't know if that's mm-hmm. the, the, the word that would be used there, but they don't rake the same as, as the blackies do. So what the blackies were doing is they were jumping on a wee outcrop of rock to eat some grass and then being like, oh, I can't get off of here. <laughs> so so then they were just staying there and until they died, they starved and they, they died and they fell off. Whereas they find the cheviots don't do that as much. Right. They, they must just be... Uh, just quite a strange thing, like, uh, but I should really explain that more because it is interesting. Well, I thought and, it was an interesting swing because you just assume all those hills that they're blackies, blackies, and having done a podcast on the Chiviots recently and, and realising the merit of those, and they are taking a little bit of ground off the blackies, but I didn't really think out in the island, so that was uh, that was interesting. So that's clarified that a little bit. Yeah, well, just I saw some of the comments and, so, you know, like North Country Chiviots getting right behind it, which is fine, you know, good on them. But uh, I just thought, if you listen to my wording, you know, I'm more pointing to the fact that they don't wander away the same and get into danger mm-hmm. as opposed to being actually any harder because I would not, being a, you know, the sheep game is, is a breed neutral, I should say. Um, so I don't... <laughs> other sheep I are available. Say, I have other breeds are available. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I have Chivates and I have Blackies, and you know they they are what they are. They have the reach of their own merits. Uh, you're not advocating the Ryland, no. We'll see if we can get. A, I'll see if I can get a red Ryland. See if I can paint one red and get a bit of, <laughs> bit of sponsorship do, from you. Do, do you know where I advocate the Ryland? Actually, people ask me what's a good sheep to get, and I'll often say the Ryland because it's small, easy to work with, kind nature, uh, nice fleshed, easy lambing. It, 
you know, it's, it's, it's a good sheep starter sheep. That's true. Very true, actually. They are, and they, they do sell as anything. A lot of youngsters going into these Black Rylands now, and it is, yeah, they're getting as, as a start sheep, starter sheep, and that's uh, and that's fine. So it's uh, edit that back. <laughs> Just talking about overseas, though, though Cammy, you, you will have a lot of listeners. I mean, what percentage? Oh, i got a lot of listeners overseas as well. What sort of percentage of your listeners will be out with the country, out with the UK? Or your watchers, should I say? Well, before... Uh, that that video that got 100 it's fairly skewed it because it is now all in, well india is the biggest user of youtube in the world okay. i believe um that, that is the biggest base for, for so so india is massively it now goes something like india indonesia russia i think is like third um they must must like sheep over there but previous to that before that video went crazy it was maybe 40 odd percent was the uk 30 percent was uh, over to the states, ten percent in Ireland, and then the rest was split. Um, else, Canada was fourth, I think. So that was the kind of main ones. That's about where um, I am, the same before that. Ma- ma- are you a similar split? Are you? How many? How, do you? How many listeners do you get on a regular basis? Uh, we, I was quite interested to know. We that. get over a thousand a week. Over a thousand a week. So I'm not in your in your aye, aye, not aye. in your game anywhere near. No, I mean, but, hey, but who knows? I might get a few more when you're on here this week. But sometimes yeah, we'll get there. But it, it, it works itself out to sort of five six thousand a month. So it's not. And we, we've grown and then sort of stayed fairly. That's no, tremendous. Fairly static, but it's it's quite a special. A little bit more niche than yours as well. As people got to listen for forty minutes from me droning on to to people as well. So it's not quite as exciting. Ah, but yeah, no, but. Anybody, you know, even you know the interesting things you cover. But one great thing with you that are certainly an advantage you have over me is the fact that being from Ayrshire, I like, I, you know, I'm even just now I'm putting quite an effort into speaking in a way that you know the Australian listeners and the American will be able to understand what I'm saying. <laughs> um, and I'll quite often watch a video back, and if I've just lost concentration for a minute, I've just totally slipped into Scots, and it's like. You know, my, all, when I first started uh, getting a bit more reach, all my comments were, what language is he speaking? No language he's speaking. Um, and then I went through a phase of, yeah, I went through a phase of typing subtitles to every video, and it's just <laughs> the time that takes is just mental. <laughs> so that stopped quickly. The only one I could compare um, that to is, uh, is you know, James Alexander and um, Jay Lex. James, if you're listening, hello. Um, Jay Lex and I had him on, and he phoned me. A busy guy like yourself, always ducking, diving, busy, 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 and eventually phoned me a Saturday night one night when and, uh, I'd been at a party or something, and I was well pissed, and he phoned me, and I thought, well, I'll go on, we'll take this, we'll do this recording right now. <laughs> so James is on there, blathering away, and I'm on there, blathering away. The next day, I could edit myself all the questions back in again and make myself sober again, but I couldn't edit James anymore, so, and I couldn't subtitle it either. So uh, yes, you're right. There are sometimes it is quite uh, it's quite hard. Hey, I've got a guy in the states that says that sometimes. What, what language is that guy speaking? But hey, that's uh, yeah, that, that's uh, that's we are who we are. We are who we are. And, and you, yeah, well, that's it. That's it. And I do, I, I do, I do make a real effort on the video because the only way I'm going to get. Again, I'm I'm very friendly with the Hoof GP, and he gives me lots of advice. And the only way you're going to grow your thing, especially in the world of YouTube, is to really attract that the American audience because that is obviously a massive part of YouTube, and and a lot of the ad revenue is aimed at. You know, a lot of big business in America use YouTube for ads. So to do that, you need to speak a bit slower, a bit clearer. You know, pronounce your words and correctly. You know yourself. You're a very fast. You're oh yeah, quite interesting actually. When I listen to you because you're a very fast speaker, but you're very clear, um, which is quite a rare thing in Scotland. I think you'll agree. Um, My so, wife won't say I'm pretty clear. I'm going to show you. She can't understand the word I say. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's just selective hearing. <laughs> that's a good skill, that. And and, and, and you'll, yeah. you'll be pally, I yeah. guess, with Jim Smith. And I can imagine Jim Smith doing a world tour in the USA and just seeing if anybody actually can understand him saying hello and learn anything else. Aye, Jim's good. The the Chukter, yeah. the Chukter uh, thing he does for his act is good. Like, have you had Jim on the podcast? No, I haven't. No, no. We'll, we'll chase him down one he, of the he, days. I think he'd be he'd be entertaining. Like, ah, he's a he's a great guy. He's he's been good to me. Like, he's he's a great laugh. So he's done really well for himself. I mean, he has he's he's done a lot of it with without like I've used social media to, to do it, but he's you know he's got what he's got. All right, he does a little bit of social media. It's a few viral videos, to be fair. But you know, he's done it uh, maybe the old-fashioned way, getting off his ass and good of, uh, of grafting yeah. the comedy scene and, yeah. and yeah. exactly and getting on like Scott Squad, which is a big job, and he's got his own show, The Farm. Yeah, um, yeah he's some man, and he is just a farmer. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. No, he's done a, he's great. done a lot for farming. As a few of them, we won't even go to Clarkson at the moment because he's about he's he's bad news. But uh, yeah, there's a few out there, and and um, just well, hey, there's 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 like no, it's a it's a good uh, like I, I I was speaking to someone about this the other day, and. Uh, I, I see Amazon. I don't know if that's confirmed. I don't think. I think if Amazon get the views, they'll take him on again. Mm. It's maybe just a bit of stirring up, but yeah, he did. He definitely put his foot in it. But I, I must say, when I first read it, I instantly thought of the the Game of Thrones scene, mm-hmm. and and I, I got the reference. He's just not mentioned the Game of Thrones as he's big. But actually, what upset me about the whole thing is the fact he's using the word hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like I just, I like he hates somebody that you've never even really met or anything to do with. Like, it's such a yeah bad attitude it is I think that that was my thoughts on it first no, anyway no, I'll agree with that I'll agree with it. and then and we'll move on you you do you get out to the shows in, in the summer you were filming at the Yorkshire show I think we won the breed champion at the at the Yorkshire show and you were out there in the, you were out there I think filming Interbreed and I was out there and I don't think you ever that video ever came to light so if you ever get any footage of that one I'll have it back thanks but uh, I did a I did a live podcast no I don't do yeah a, to a few of those as well yeah, I saw you'd done. I've not got to those either. I saw you'd done some lives at the, the Yorkshire show. No, yeah, I, I, I just need. But it's a difficult one because I had these grand plans to make videos of different things at shows, but the issue I have is really, I, I kind of need to be on the stand all the time because people are coming to meet and greet and and talk to you, and when you're wandering about through the show, you you can hardly take two steps, which is a great thing and it's not a complaint at all. But you can hardly take two steps while you're videoing without someone saying, can I get a picture or, you know, coming to speak to you. And I just found it impossible to vlog at, at the shows at the Highland. There was no vlogs from the Highland show this year. Um, and the Yorks are saying there's just the odd bit I put on Facebook. And well, we did a bit with Lizzie with the Sheeran, but, but that was it. And yeah, I just found, but it's, it's surreal to me because we've had COVID. So I've basically built this channel up over COVID. Yeah, yeah. So the following was growing quite big, but you never saw anyone because you, you weren't out anywhere and then since it's all come back to normal at the shows this year it was just surreal it was just yeah insane yeah first time for us back to the shows as well and you're right and and, and it said you and i both sort of built up through the covid times and, and a change in a change in the industry and, and i will we're getting towards the hour there i will just uh mention something else a change in the industry i don't know if you listened to last week you spoke to uh we spoke to graham gilmore in in australia and they've developed a new unbelievable a new breed of sheep that that's not only self-shearing but is high cream high premium quality how do you see the self-shearing sheep working itself out into into the scottish hills i think if i'm not sure about scottish hills as such but i think if i had my own like that by the way if anyone hasn't listened to that podcast i'm unbelievable like just Oh, just we there's a lot of things we do well here in this country I think um, and there's a lot of things we don't like we're still very old fashioned I think with the breeding of sheep 
is my opinion. Even me myself working away with like Scotch meals, bread, you know, and you know, well, not that I buy any fancy ones, but you know, even I got those Scotch meal sales and like, you know, these they're buying them because I've got a dark face to then put them to a Texel top. I don't knock the Scottish Bill as one of the best, one of the best sheep in the world, and very, very suited to what it does here, and and, and a and a fantastic credit to her. In, oh, you're right, but there is there's a lot of guys that have uh, passed the Scottish Mule and gone a long, way, a long way further. Yeah, but then some of them have gone a bit crazy. I mean, listen, I love the mule. That's just about my whole flock is is mules. Um, we've always had the mule. I absolutely love the mule. She's oh, I'd, I'd go as far as to say it's my favourite breed. But just listening to him and and just the traits you're selecting for and, and just the just the fact the recording thing. I tell you I was recently, I don't have you ever been to Iceland? No, I haven't. I gather you were there shearing, were you? That had to be a cold no. day. Or maybe it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, well plenty of beer and a nice insulated shed. It wasn't too bad. But I went there with these preconceptions of uh, the Icelandic sheep we have here in the UK, which, you know, okay, that's that's that but they are they're just a smaller kind of you know, I'm thinking this kind of Shetlandy type mm-hmm. thing. But the sheep there are un- honestly I, there's no breed I've seen that I've thought I want to get pure a pure version of these and breed a wee flock. Okay. None of them interest me because most of them are getting fed or they're lambing. Like I like Jacobs, but the the, the lambing December mm-hmm. is just a nonsense to sure. me. This is my I'm gonna upset some people that listen to this, but like why are we lambing a kind of hard day breed like that in December? Uh, anyway, I'm gonna upset people, Go but all these things just either they don't, they don't suit me. I, they don't suit me. I just don't. I like all the like I've got Jacobs as well. I like them. As I say, I would have them, but. To, to be competitive and be involved, you need to be lambing December. I, I have no interest in that. I don't have a shed for a start. So um, I went and saw these. Everything is recorded with these Icelandic sheep. The guys keep fairly tight flocks of about 600, most of them. So, you know, the, everything's kept pure. Every sheep in Iceland is an Icelandic sheep. Okay. Um, they're, they're all kept pure. You get coloured ones and you get the, the white ones. They're bred for genetics. There's, there's Icelandic sheep over there. They'll scan most of them are scanned about two hundred percent just off of uh, grass, and you know lambs are killing out at fantastic you know twenty odd kilos. Mm-hmm. Uh, the back ends on them. There's, there's, some of those Icelandic sheep have got asses like big shows. Really? Okay. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. They're nothing like the sheep here. Nothing like them. I, I couldn't get over it how brilliant they were. Icelandic um, Beltex. Okay, there's, there's, like, you know, there's a podcast for me. I'll be needing to give them a call. I'll get I'll get some details off you. We'll give one of them guys a shout and get. A look. I mean, they do crazy things. Like, I mean, I didn't realize um, uh, Medavisna is an Icelandic word. Okay. Um. So like, it it's, it started over there. A big outbreak over there. I think they say it was in the eighties, and they've just since then they've been ridiculously strict huh. with their their animal health okay. uh, status. Huh. Um, so yeah, it's it's fascinating stuff. So that's that's, that's maybe a podcast for the future. Interesting. And the animal health thing is something I, w- I won't get into it now because we're kind of running on time. But the animal health thing again over over with us is starting to become an issue. I think more and more things we're looking at, but the more intense we we do farm these things, and the more you got to look at animals that can can survive the the various outbreaks of things that we get going on. And I think we'll see a bit more of that coming on. Yeah, I mean, I think like I, I listened to a bit of um, Michael Blanche as well. Uh, pasture pod i think he did a podcast with grim lofthouse yeah. i'm dropping names here but i might be getting the names wrong um who who's breeding he reminded me very much of the chap uh grim that he spoke the other grim he spoke to in australia uh, of his you know breeding for a certain thing that he's aiming for and i, I mean most of our problem with sheep comes from the bull you know in the summertime all your big stresses your fly straight you're stuck in their back you know getting the shearer in and then you know maybe on a spot your shearer's not very good and the sheep's got loads of cuts or whatever and it's just a stressful day you get the wool shedding sheep like I, I honestly i think there's a big future the other problem is quite often i should be like an advocate for wool and i get that and i, I fully appreciate what an amazing thing wool is 
but like nobody breeds for Will here. Like we all kick up a fuss about, you know, everyone kicks up a fuss about, I'm getting so controversial here. It's great, these podcasts, I can just run on there, I'll go back to the sheet and I'll be totally neutral. I'll leave you high and dry, I'll hang it to the I, I don't be too controversial. But like, like every, you know, a lot of you know, people get upset about their will. But when you ask them, when was the last time you bought a ram uh, to improve the wool quality of your sheep? They'll never have done it. You know, and, and wool is unfortunately now this byproduct of, of you know, producing meat um, that that just doesn't have it. And it's, it's never going to come back to where it is, what, especially with the, the, the energy costs this year. One time there was, yeah, there were breeds that you would keep for wool. I mean, the Rylands are a wool sheep, but originally, and you know, the Lincolns and all these things, and they still do have a class. I think it's at the yep. Yorkshire show where they have a class for the, 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 the best wool of the Ryland and you think well the good stuff maybe there is a market for that same as there is a merino we'll all, we'll all wear a merino jumper or, or I suppose cashmere is a goat isn't it but yeah but again merinos are selecting rams for wool quality you know they're they're they're, they're breeding to have the best wool because it is worth so much money so that's a different thing you know the merino wool is is just different class altogether and I thought uh, Graham uh, Aussie Graham made a, a great point about you know lack of shearers is the biggest issue in Australia just now if you take the money side of things out, like the, the massive shortage, and that's probably going to be, I'm not saying it's going to be the same issue in the UK, but it could be a factor moving forward because there's less and less people who want to work that hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and and I, I don't blame, honestly, I do not blame anyone who's tried shearing and doesn't want to do it. I, I fully understand it. I, I do not, um, I don't blame anyone for saying that's not for me because it, it, it's a horrific thing. Um, it's just that I happened to get the bug for it. I think that's taken us full circle, Cammy. That's perfect. I think that's where we came in. There, you saying that you got the bug for shearing, and uh, it's got you to where Beautiful. you are, and, and extremely successful that uh, that you've been as well. And and uh, no, that's brilliant. And I gather you had the wee Ben born. Was it about Christmas time? I think. Um, so that's keeping you up at night I- as well. Yeah. Ah, it's it's affecting us. Uh, Angus, we named him. He's uh, yeah, born on Christmas That's Day, right. which you know I was laughing. It's it's uh, it's a dream for a social media influencer for getting the likes and the the, the comments. A Christmas Day baby, you can't beat Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely, and the birthing pool I thought was rather funny as well. There, we had a bit of a giggle over that one. <laughs> Aye, we're always looking for an angle for a laugh. Yeah, yeah, perfect, perfect. And well, um, Cammy, it's been fantastic to speak to you. I know we missed out last week, but I hope a few people have, have enjoyed waiting listening to this one. And uh, it's been a pleasure. And Cammy, it's been fantastic to speak to you and fantastic success with the with the sheep game. And anybody who wants to know where to find the sheep game, I think you just enter the sheep game on online, and uh, you'll find you in all sorts of places. But uh, YouTube is is generally where you're at and uh how many videos have you, have you got in, in the can now, now uh um, cammy for them to look at oh there'll be 200 on there if you want to go right back to the the one with me feeding the sheep with a buzz cut <laughs> and the monotone voice and yep you'll get me there brilliant and i think there's a there's a hundred uh, 115 i think uh um, top lines and tales podcast as well so anybody new to this uh, you're going to get to get plenty of entertainment for the rest of the year cammy thanks very much for your time it's been superb you're a gentleman andy thank you cheers Thank you for listening to this week's Top Lines and Tales podcast. And as always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Harborough, for their continued support. And and don't forget, it's now pedigree lambing is getting underway. We're getting into spring. And uh, Harborough's foundation was, of course, in the pedigree sheep business and pedigree sheep feed specifically. So they really do know what they're talking about when it comes to looking after those precious lambs. So why not give Harborough a shout and uh, see what they can do in the way of feed and minerals and all those things to, to save those precious lambs and look after those sheep while they're being housed in these in these winter conditions. And uh, find them on 
on social media and various other places uh, online or contact your local representative and uh, don't forget if you are online uh, to look at our Top Lines and Tales Facebook page where you'll find some photographs and and even some links to uh, to the sheep game uh, videos you can have a look at there and some pictures about Cami and, and, and all the other things that go alongside the Top Lines and Tales ethos. Uh, thanks again for, for listening in.